It is Friday, December 11th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 14 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me again are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Tyler took down a fairly tight week 13 of the crown is ass challenge on DraftKings. Tyler, what went right for you on DK last week? Basically it was really just having Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, which paid off in a big way again. And then David Montgomery scoring two touchdowns. The rest of my lineup really didn't do much of anything, but those three guys kind of carried me. Uh, I almost scored 150. So that was enough in a pretty low scoring week overall. Um, Derek Henry let me down big time in my three Titans stack. My only wrong move, though, was not playing David Montgomery. And, I mean, using him over Austin Eckler would have given me the winning lineup in this particular competition, even if everything else was the same. But as I said on here last week, that was a public service. So you're welcome, everybody, for not playing David Montgomery and winning this competition. Jared, um, how did Week 13 treat you on DK? Who cares about my lineup? We want to know, are you playing David Montgomery this week? Oh, we can't preview that. That that would be a, a spoiler. All right. Well, I, I'm excited to find out. Um, but it's funny, me, you know, me and Tyler settled down the same exact cash line. I mean, you know, we, we sent it to each other on Saturday morning and ended up being the same. So I, I, you know, pivoted to like kind of like my, my second favorite lineup in this contest. That was, you know, kind of playing Derrick Henry instead of Devonta Adams as the payup. And that obviously ended up being a bad move last week. And as you can hear, Tyler's advice is so in demand that people are calling him during the show trying to ask him questions about who to start this week on DraftKings. Um, you can check out Tyler's DFS lineup review every Monday around 1230 Eastern on Periscope slash Twitter. Uh, he and I now sit tied for the season lead in the Crown is Ass Challenge with five wins apiece. Jared not far behind at three wins. So with four weeks to go in the Crown is Ass Challenge, really everybody remains in it. We will show you early Saturday who we're playing against each other in round 14 in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, Tyler, please start us off with some Cash QB talk. Cash QB, I really like Justin Herbert at 6,800. I'm surprised he's not popping more in the DraftSharks model. He's down there at like 7th or 8th at the position. I'm really not too worried about the one bad week he had last week against New England. It was really his only poor game of the entire season. And the Chargers just didn't show up. Their special teams was embarrassing. Bill Belichick confused Justin Herbert on multiple plays. And that's, I mean, it was bound to happen. He finally had a bad game and he's a rookie. And, you know, he didn't get a lot of training camp this year with the with the COVID situation. So I'm surprised that it happens. It didn't happen earlier. And I think he's going to get right back out there against the Falcons defense Neither the Chargers nor the Falcons can really run the ball, so I expect this to be a pass-heavy game. And I just think he's a little underpriced at 6,800, so he's he's probably going to be my cash game quarterback, and then he's going to be my highest on quarterback in GPPs as well. Yeah, I believe he's fourth in our Week 14 QB rankings, so I think him not popping is just a matter of a bunch of quarterbacks being fairly close together in projections and really being fairly close together in price this week too. Jared, what do you like at cash QB? Yeah, I'm glad Tyler's on Herbert because I'm all in on Herbert this week. Um, 
you know, I was considering Matt Ryan as a cash game quarterback for $1,100 less, but with Julio Jones out now, Ryan's not in place. I'm going to be playing Herbert in cash. And, you know, usually I, I always make like three to six tournament lineups. I usually have, you know, three to six different stacks. I'm going to play all Herbert stacks this week for a few reasons. One, I think he's a good price. Um, you look at our, our, you know, value rankings, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, all popping as good value. So I think there's lots of different ways to stack Herbert. All those ways are strong values. I think Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst are nice bring back options on the other side for tournaments. And just this game in general, as Tyler mentioned, I agree. I think it's going to be a pass heavy game. Um, you know, these teams rank 11th and seventh in situation neutral pass rate. So they're both pass leaning offenses. Both these teams are top six in situation neutral pace. So they play at a fast pace. Chargers lead the entire league in plays per game by a pretty significant margin. They're up over 70 plays per game. So I just think there's going to be a lot of pass attempts in this game. Um, So yeah, all in on Herbert. Hopefully he doesn't bomb for me. I absolutely agree with all of the case in favor of Justin Herbert. I have him down on the GPP side, um, I guess primarily because I'm hoping that he's going to be low owned compared to previous weeks because of that shutout at the hands of the Patriots last week. But I I agree. There's just nothing to really dislike unless you look at last week. And even the week before that was kind of disappointing for him still found him topping 300 yards at Buffalo. The other thing that I, that I'm hoping will keep his ownership down and keep the ownership of the Chargers stacks down is the Chargers are only implied for 23 and a half points this week. I think that's low. I think they're going to be over that even with, zero and 17 points the past two weeks. They're averaging 23.7 since Justin Herbert stepped into the lineup. Now they get the Falcons. Falcons are allowing 25.2 points per game. They're 27th in yards allowed. The Chargers are seventh in total yards. So it's just an upside offensive matchup, I think, for the Chargers in this one. On the cash side, I'm definitely living in the 6K range. Even if I don't get up to Justin Herbert at 6,800, I I like Kirk Cousins at 6,200 against the Bucs. Um, Tampa's got the league's top run D they've shown us that they're vulnerable against the pass just even recently against the Rams and the saints. So I think there's big upside for Kirk cousins there, Ryan Tannehill, 6,700 Taysom Hill, 6,600 at Philly. I, I think all of those guys are in play. And I think who I settle on might come down to, um, how much the salary matters on those guys. No one's playing uh, Jalen hurts. No, I don't think so either. Um, what about GPP Tyler? What are you doing? GPPs, I actually like the top two guys in the model, which are Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is underpriced in a good matchup against the Packers. Um, It's in Detroit. It's in the Dome. Highest over under on the slate. And he's coming off a game where he had over 400 yards and three touchdowns against a pretty good Bears defense. I was really surprised he was able to put up that much stats in windy conditions in Chicago. So now he's back at home in the Dome. And we all know the Packers are going to put up points. So I can see Stafford having a a pretty good fantasy day. And then Patrick Mahomes, of course, just he's the most expensive guy on the slate, but he has the highest ceiling. He's been locked in all season. So I would rather, you know, come up with the extra $500 compared to um, Aaron Rodgers because I think Mahomes still has a higher ceiling. Jared, what about you? Yeah, again, it's gonna it's gonna be 100% Herbert for me. I think if I you know was gonna go elsewhere, I do like Matt Stafford. Um, talked about on yesterday's podcast how he got much more aggressive last week in that first game without Matt Patricia. So hopefully that continues. Um, I think he's easy stack with Marvin Jones and or TJ Hawkinson. So I would consider Stafford. Um, I would consider Ryan Tannehill in that Jags matchup, and then Kirk Cousins is the other guy. I would consider for tournaments. I like him because I mean, one, I think Tampa's defense is beatable through the air, and two, it's just such a condensed 
passing game, especially with the injuries to Minnesota's tight ends. Kyle Rudolph's not going to play this weekend. Irv Smith is questionable with his back injury. So I, I think if you use Cousins, you stack him with both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And if, Cousin goes, if Cousins goes off, there's a good chance both of those receivers are going to have big games. And it's a matchup that could definitely boost uh, the passing volume for that game well beyond what we usually see from And we only have to look a couple weeks back to find a 45 attempt game for Kirk Cousins. So we know it's possible when the, the running game isn't dominating. Um, I certainly agree with all those guys. I think Matthew Stafford's even in, in play for cash if we are looking to save some money at quarterback um, beyond the guys that we already mentioned at running back. Jared alluded to it. I definitely make no promises about skipping David Montgomery this uh, week. Yeah, I, I did that for folks last week. I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna play him some this week. So be ready for him to disappoint. That's scary. I'm gonna have to redo my whole lineup now. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, what are you doing for cash? Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna have Montgomery in cash this week. His price came up to $6,500, and we saw Cordero Patterson worked in a bit more last week. So I don't think he's a must play like he was last week. The matchup is a little bit worse too. Houston's still a bad rush defense, but Detroit was the absolute nut matchup. And I saw that they were expecting heavy wins in that game too. And as we've seen earlier, even if it's a less passing volume game, it's tended to hurt both offenses in these windy games. I do like Austin Eckler a lot. Uh, His price came down $100. He was the chalk last week and going to go right back to him this week. Priced at $7,000 against the Falcons. I think the Chargers offense is going to have plenty of success. And I like the fact that you pointed out that their team total is only 23 and a half because that's definitely a number that I'm going to go bet uh, probably right now as we talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree that Montgomery is not a must play this week. Um, And I certainly might settle on a lineup without Montgomery in it. Jared, what are you playing for cash or running back? Yeah, I, I agree that he's not a must play too, because I think there's five strong cash plays at running back this week. Austin Eckler, I agree with. Montgomery, just the volume he's seeing, I mean, he looks good. The matchup's good again. Aaron Jones and James Robinson, I think, at 76 and 7,500. You know, I don't think we need to talk, talk much about them. Jones is in that you know Lions matchup that Montgomery just went off against. The, the last guy, and easily the cheapest, Miles Gaskin at 5,600 bucks. 21 carries in his return last week against the Bengals had six carries inside the Bengals 10 yard line, just, you know, didn't find the end zone. If he did, I think he'd be more expensive this week, but good to know that he's getting the goal line carries. Um, Saw just two targets last week. I think his passing game role will grow again in his second game back. He averaged 4.8 targets per game in his previous five before going down with that knee injury. So, you know, the pass game usage will be important this week with Miami likely to be playing from behind the chiefs, but then it's a good matchup on the ground for Gaskin. You know, that's, that's how you beat this chiefs defense. They're 30th in football outsiders run defense DVOA and Kansas city is 25th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. Yeah, Gaskin's been over 14 DK points in four straight games and six of his past seven games too. So he's, he's been a fairly good bet for production, especially here where reception points will help us. The dolphins have gone 44% run into his five starts, you know, winning most of those games helps. But as you mentioned, this matchup would, would seem to push them to, to run plenty. We haven't talked about Derrick Henry yet, but I'm a little scared to not play Derrick Henry against Jacksonville this week, especially coming off a disappointing outing where the, the Browns just bombed them. And it's all it's quite possible to fit Derrick Henry into a lineup here, even a lineup with Devontae Adams and a quality quarterback. I've already messed with that a little bit. So I will certainly have some Derrick Henry across formats here. Otherwise, I agree with the guys that you've already mentioned, Miles Gaskin, Austin Eckler, guys that I also have down. On the GPP side, 
it's hard to not like Jonathan Taylor, I think, at 5,800 bucks, two straight 90 plus yard rushing games. He's delivering in the receiving game, a great price this week. The matchup that made Ty Johnson and Josh Adams both relevant mm-hmm. last week. And Phillip Rivers has still got that toe. I mean, he was a full practice participant Thursday, but he sat out Wednesday. So it's at least bothering him to some degree. So, you know, it could be further motivation to give Jonathan Taylor the ball. Only got it 13 times last week, but again, he produced on it, so he's putting up numbers. Still a tournament guy. I think I would consider him for cash, but I feel much better about Jonathan Taylor in a GPP lineup. Yeah, it looks like he'll be like moderately popular, but I'm, I'm still going to have Jonathan Taylor in lineups. I think the matchup and price are, are just too strong to ignore him. Um, the other guys at running back, um, I'll consider, you know, again, Aaron Jones, I want to have in a bunch of tournament lineups. I think it's an unbelievable spot. He had, he had 48.6 DraftKings points in that first game against Detroit back in week two. I like Chris Carson at 6,900 bucks. And I think the Seahawks passing game is going to be pretty popular. It'll probably, you know, have a nice outing, but um, Carson had 13 carries and six targets last week. Pete Carroll said this week that he's ready for even more going forward now. And, you know, Seattle's 13 and a half point home favorites with a 30 point implied total. So I think Carson is, you know, one of the better touchdown bets on the slate. And then my super low owned running back play, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Um, you know, let a lot of people down last week with the goose egg. Didn't even get on the field after dealing with the illness in practice last week. He practiced all this week, not on the final injury report. I think he gets back to the lead role in Kansas City. He, he needs the Chiefs to run it more than they have been. You know, that's why he's a tournament only play. If they do, though, the matchup's good against Miami. Edwards Lair, always a possibility for multiple touchdowns in this Chiefs offense. And he's only 5,900 bucks. So I'm going to have uh, a little bit of a little bit of CEH in my tournament lineups this week. Yeah, I have him down as well. Miami sixth in pass defense DVOA, 24th against the run. So if the Chiefs were going to, I don't know, work out their run game at any point, this would certainly seem like a week to do so. And Le'Veon Bell failed to seize his opportunity last week. The last time that both CEH and Bell were on the field, CEH doubled Bell. Actually, the last two times he doubled Bell in carries. So looks like he's the lead back when he's healthy and uh, should be healthy this week. Tyler, what do you like for a GPP running back? In the upper tier, I'm definitely going to have a lot of exposure to Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Both of them have an extremely high ceiling. I think it could be one of those games where Derrick Henry has over 100 yards and a couple scores by halftime. Tennessee's coming off a loss, so I think they're going to, you know, they're really motivated to go out there and get a win against an inferior opponent. So I think they're going to ride the hot hand with Derrick Henry. Aaron Jones, for all the reasons uh, Jared pointed out, And then there's a lot of interesting running backs around the $5,000 range. We actually had breaking news just a couple seconds ago that David Johnson was placed on the COVID list. Mm -hmm. So Duke Johnson is in play once again. He's priced at $4,800 against the Bears. And then we have Gio Bernard in the best possible matchup against the Cowboys. He's $5,000. And it just seems like Dallas is due to kind of put up a stinker and I feel pretty good about Cincinnati plus three and a half, uh, which makes Giovanni Bernard viable this week. Melvin Gordon's interesting at 5,200. Haven't played him all season, but he's got a really good matchup against the Panthers in a game I expect to be close. And then we have J.D. McKissick as well, priced at 4,900 going up against the Niners. Uh, Antonio Gibson was ruled out with a toe injury, so that's just going to enhance the floor and the ceiling. For Gibson, we all know he tends to get a lot of targets. Anyway. <laughs> a new co-star there. I was going to skip the Texans running back news because I think that mentioning Duke Johnson now get like knocks you down the YouTube rankings. So fewer people are going to be able to find us now. So let's move over to wide receiver now. At a- Cash, 
I'm scared to skip Devontae Adams. I feel like at this point he should probably be $10,000 in salary. There are just three wideouts averaging 20-plus DK points per game on the season. Adams is 4.2 points per game ahead of Tyreek Hill. He's 7.7 points per game ahead of DK Metcalf. So even dominating the most dominant of fantasy receivers, and yet he's not up to the price level where Christian McCaffrey was last year when he was, you know, number one wide receiver and number one running back at the same time in the matchup with Detroit. We've, we've already talked about with Aaron Jones. I, I'm just a little scared to not have Devonte Adams in a lineup here. Yeah. I'm going to have Devonte Adams in cash. Um, you know, I, I actually didn't try to make a team with both Adams and Derrick Henry, but you know, if picking between the two, I actually prefer Adams and cash, which is strange because I'll almost always go with the high price running back there. But um, I, I guess I, I just like the other options at running back more than I like the other options at wide receiver this week. I'm um, you know, Devonte Adams. The volume's ridiculous. He's basically Green Bay's goal line back. Like they get inside the five and they're just feeding Devonta Adams. He has 16 targets inside the 10 yard line. So um, yeah, I'm going to have Devonta Adams and I'm going to go cheap at wide receiver and cash with um, Brashad Perriman and Michael Gallup who are 39 and 3,800 bucks. Um, you know, they're, they're both volume plays in good matchups. I mean, Gallup, I think is a good player. Um, you know, Perriman's scary as a jet, but you know, he's been averaging about six targets over his last five games. Now Denzel Mims is out. With uh, you know a personal issue, Jamison Crowder is banged up. We'll see if he's he, if he plays. I just think Perriman is a good bet for you know six to ten targets against Seattle. And then Michael Gallup, um, you know obviously a good player. We you know we we saw him have a big year last year. His volume had been kind of crappy for most of the season, but um, with Andy Dalton back under center the last three games now, uh, twenty four targets for Michael Gallup. That's tied with Amari Cooper for the team lead. Um, Gallup leads Dallas in red zone targets over the last three games. He's ninth among all wide receivers in air yards over the last three weeks. Um, and, and he gets the Bengals who are 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So I, you know, I just think Gallup's price hasn't caught up to his recent volume. I, I think Michael Gallup is discount Mike Williams at this point, but I'm looking forward to playing against your Michael Gallup and Brashad Perriman lineup. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Tyler, what do you have at uh, cash for wide receiver? I actually agree with Jared with both Perriman and Michael Gallup. So maybe uh, we'll end up with the same lineup again this week. It was a pretty good lineup last week. So uh, I'd be, I'd be okay with that, but they're both priced under $4,000 and they've been seeing pretty consistent volume and they're two guys that could score long touchdowns as well. So I just think it makes a lot of sense. They have good matchups. Uh, GPP wise, I think I'm going to have a lot of Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley in the same game. Julio Jones was ruled out and I just think it's a really good bounce back spot for the Chargers offense in general. So I'm going to be running a bunch of triple stacks with Herbert Eckler, Keenan Allen, and then Calvin Ridley is probably the best run back option on the Falcon side of the ball. If you don't want the Ipecac lineup with Brashad Perriman in it, some other guys in a little bit less affordable, but still affordable. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, $4,700 against the Colts. T.Y. Hilton, $5,100 against the Raiders. Corey Davis, $5,700 against the Jaguars. I think all those guys are attractive. A.J. Brown is playing, but he's dealing with an ankle, so I think that helps Davis's outlook as well. And Davis has been right with A.J. Brown in both usage and production this season, well behind him in price. On the GPP side, we already talked about the Vikings plan. I, I love the idea of the Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson lineup. Even if you're not playing that, though, I think Adam Thielen at now $400 cheaper than Justin Jefferson makes a lot of sense this week. 
Uh, and there's plenty in the 3K range at wide receiver, as we just alluded to, at tight end, and also even the 4K range at running back to fit either of these guys in a lineup, even with some some higher-priced players. J.D. McKissick's another guy in the 4K range that can help you get some of those higher-priced wideouts. Jared, what do you like for GPP wideout? Yeah, one of the other guys I like is uh, Marvin Jones at 5800 bucks. Um, I'd use him as, you know, either a run back with a Packers stack, or maybe you play Devonta Adams and Marvin Jones or Aaron Jones and Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay is going to miss this game again. Jones has averaged 8.8 targets, 5.8 catches and 71 yards per game with Galladay out over the past five weeks. He's second among all wide receivers and air yards over that span. Um, he's going to see some of Jair Alexander this week, tough matchup, but PFF not projecting that to be a shadow situation. And Jones runs about a third of his routes in the slot anyways. Alexander won't go in there. So I think Jones will avoid Alexander enough to, you know, bring pretty nice upside for that $5,800 price tag. Tyler, what else you got? So I mentioned some of the wide receivers in that Falcons Chargers games. I would be all over a game stack of the Dolphins and Chiefs if if, if it was Fitzpatrick instead of Tua. But I do think Jakeem Grant and Devontae Parker are interesting if you're playing Mahomes to Kelsey or Mahomes to Sammy Watkins slash Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams, of course. I do like the Bucks passing game. It's kind of a hard game to distinguish just because they have so many viable plays with three stud wide receivers and, and Rob Gronkowski. I guess I would go with Antonio Brown again because he was the chalk in the week before the Bucks buy and he let everyone down in a big way when all the other Bucks pass catchers pretty much got there. So his price fell down to 5,500. So I think he would be my bring back option if I was using like a Cousins Jefferson or Cousins Thielen lineup. And then I would go with Antonio Brown. Does the Mike Evans injury that he's dealing with uh, should play, but that he's dealing with an, an injury at all. Does that help the decision making for you there? Yeah, I, I like, I like Antonio Brown and Godwin a little bit more than Evans. It just doesn't seem like Tom Brady and Mike Evans really mesh too well together. I know he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns, but he really hasn't gotten there from a yardage standpoint all season because he's just a guy that doesn't really create a lot of separation. So it seems like Tom Brady has better chemistry with with AB and Godwin anyways. I might go uh, Ronald Jones. I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago as a, a run back on the Buck side or uh, Rob Gronkowski as the run back with the um, you know Cousins, Steele, and Jefferson stack. Yeah, I think all those guys certainly make sense. A tight end for cash, Hayden Hurst at 3,700, Dalton Schultz, 3,500. That's the range I'll be starting in. Schultz has caught at least four passes in every game this season that has not included Blake Jarwin or a quarterback leaving early with injury. An upside matchup, of course, this week against the Bengals. A nice price at 3500 bucks. Hayden Hurst, four-plus catches and 48-plus yards in five straight games that did not include the Saints, so he'll be happy to see somebody, somebody other than the Saints on the other side of the field for this one. Chargers, 27th in tight end coverage, according to Football Outsiders, so it's an upside matchup for him. And, of course, no Julio Jones raises the target ceiling for Hurst as well. Um, Jared, what do you like for cash at tight end? Yeah, it's Hurst for me. Um, at tight end and cash games, especially with Julio Jones out, you know, that's going to push some extra targets Hurst's way. If you do need some extra savings, I, I think Jordan Akins for 2,900 bucks, you know, only saw three targets last week, but his route participation rate was way up to 74%. And the, the Bears have been bad against tight ends now. Um, they've allowed a tight end touchdown. They've allowed six tight end touchdowns in their last six games. Football Outsiders has them 20th in tight end coverage. They're 28th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, Hurst makes a lot of sense in cash games. Unfortunately, I haven't rostered him all season. He's never really had a big game, but, you know, Logan Thomas offers us $400 in savings compared to Hurst. 
And I think they have pretty similar projections. So I wouldn't mind going to Thomas if I need the extra $400. Hunter Henry is going to make some sense in GPPs just because I'm extremely high on Herbert and the Chargers offense. I am going to have some Robert Tunyon. Just, I think he's underpriced at $4,200. He scored a touchdown in three straight games. And his teammates are certainly going to be more popular with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. And then, of course, I'm going to have exposure to Travis Kelsey, just by far the highest ceiling on the slate. And if he has one of those games like Darren Waller had last week, you know, we're definitely going to need him in our lineups for GPPs. On the GPP side, I think Hayden Hurst is in play here as well. Hasn't had the big games, as Tyler said, but I think that this game is going over the 49 and a half. So especially with Julio Jones out with a lagging run game, I think it's a good spot for Hayden Hurst to find the end zone. I'm probably not going beyond TJ Hawkinson at 5,000 bucks for a tight end this week. I'd just rather spend elsewhere than going up to Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. Kelsey's all the way down at 11th in our dollars per point projections this week. Darren Waller at 16th in a negative matchup against the Colts. Hawkinson, three straight games of 68 plus yards, two straight over 80 receiving yards. His playing time has been up in two straight games. Last week saw the second highest snap share of the season for him. Um, Red zone targets have been missing lately for Hawkinson, but this week's game has the highest over under for the entire week. So should be plenty of points, should be opportunities for Hawkinson in this one. Yeah, I agree with not having Waller this week. I think you know he'll just be overowned coming off the, the massive game last week and the matchup is tough here. I would I would sprinkle in some Kelsey if I'm building you know a ton of tournament lineups. But I do like Hawkinson and I do like Hunter Henry. You know, I'll I'll have Henry in most of my um, Herbert tournament teams. He had uh, four plus catches in five straight games prior to last week. Atlanta 30th in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings and 31st in adjusted points allowed tight ends. Tyler, what you got? Uh, I kind of gave out my GPP plays. It was mostly Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, uh, Tunyon, and then Kelsey. All right. I think at the very low end, Jordan Akins was already mentioned. Cole Komet in play if you really want the savings to get down there. A solid matchup for both of those guys on both sides of that game. At flex, I'm going to be trying for a third running back more than usual this week. I like players such as Miles Gaskin, J.D. McKissick down in the range where they are more than wide receivers around them. There are, though, some wide receivers from that affordable category I mentioned before that could be in play. So, you know, I'll mess with it some, but I think I'm leaning more running back than in previous weeks. What about you, Jared? Yes, again, in cash, I'll have three of Aaron Jones, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, and Miles Gaskin. Um, so, you know, one of those guys will be my flex. In tournaments, uh, we mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I briefly mentioned Ronald Jones. You know, he, he's a little overpriced at 6100 bucks, but I do think he has, you know, multiple touchdown upside in a game that the Bucks offense should, you know, move the ball pretty easily. Um, Allen Robinson, I wanted to mention quick. He's 6800 bucks, but, um, you know, he gets that Texan secondary missing Bradley Roby. We just saw T.Y. Hilton have a big game. We'll have to check on the weather uh, in that game, as Tyler mentioned, if it's windy have to get off Allen Robinson. Um, and then DJ Chark, 5,300 bucks. I played him last week. He was disappointing. The usage was there though. You know, he, he led Jags receivers in targets and routes and air yards and he gets a, a bad Titans secondary. So I, I like Chark if you're playing, you know, Derek Henry as a run back or Corey Davis or AJ Brown as a run back option. Tyler, what about you at flex? So I think it's pretty much, we're just going to be plugging in the, the running back values and then picking the game stack that we want with wide receivers slash quarterback. I guess the only other stack I didn't really mention, well, he's kind of more of a one-off play is, is Michael Thomas. And he's still underpriced at $7,100. He's just seen so many of the targets when Taysom Hill drops back to pass and he's got a really good matchup against the Eagles. So 
he's going to make a lot of sense. He's always got a great shot at the 100-yard bonus, and he's a perfect DraftKings guy, PPR format. And then if I'm going to play a Seattle guy, it's probably going to be Lockett just because he's $1,200 cheaper than DK Metcalf. Yeah, 38% target share for Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill in the lineup. Darius Slay is hobbled if he's playing in this game, coming off a knee injury. So I certainly agree with Michael Thomas's upside here. On defense, it's hard for me to look beyond the Cowboys at 2,400 against Cincinnati. They lead our dollars per point by a pretty good margin. $600 cheaper than number two, Seattle. 400 cheaper than number three, Washington. So we get the savings, get the matchup. The matchup's great. Cincinnati has been under 200 total yards in each of Brandon Allen's two starts so far. Now Brandon Allen is banged up. T. Higgins is banged up. The O-line, which is already not that good, lost left tackle Jonah Williams for the season. So a good matchup only gets better. I'm not sure I'm going to play a defense besides Dallas this week. What about you, Jared? Yeah, I'm definitely starting with Dallas. Um, you know, they're the cheapest defense I like. Eight total sacks and five turnovers for the Bengals in, over the past two weeks. I think there are a bunch of other quality options. So I think the Giants at 2,600, the 49ers at 2,700, the Cardinals at 2,700, Washington at 2,800, and Seattle at 3,000. I mean, Seattle has the highest ceiling, um, you know, so I'm going to consider them for tournaments. We'll see how popular they're going to be. If they're going to be, you know, over 15% owned, I'd probably look elsewhere. But, you know, it's definitely a week to build your lineup and, you know, any of these defenses from 2,400 to 3,000, I think, are, are solid plays. Tyler, what you got on defense? I like the Giants in cash, 2,600, going up against Kyler Murray and the struggling Cardinals. They were really impressive last week against Russell Wilson. I think they sacked him five or six times and held them to like 10 points, which is pretty impressive. I do like the football team a lot, 2,800. They're underpriced against the Niners. I like the Bucks a lot at 2,900. Coming off the bye week, I think we're going to get angry Tom Brady this week, and I think it's one of those games where the Bucks run up the score. If they're up by a couple touchdowns, they should be able to tee off against Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he's been solid, but he's still prone to a couple interceptions. So I think the Bucks are a sneaky GPP play, especially with Seattle uh, $100 more than them this week. Is Tom Brady going to be so angry this week that he jumps on the field to play safety? <laughs> I'm a little worried about the Giants matchup with uh, Kyler Murray off the injury list this week. So if he's all better, I think there's just some risk that they actually score points in this game. Um, especially with the Cowboys within 200 of that and, you know, others in that range. But I agree with the upside on the other ones. Before we head out, Tyler, what are you betting on this week? It's a really, really, I don't want to say easy sports betting week, but there's so many teaser options this week that I'm just firing off bets left and right. It's like there's so many favorites this week that are favored by a touchdown. And you could tease them down to half a point or a point. And, you know, we got the Packers over the Lions. You could tease them below a field goal. We have the Chiefs over the Dolphins. We have the Saints over the Eagles. You could tease the Chargers up over a touchdown against Atlanta without Julio Jones. You could uh, tease the Giants over a touchdown against the Cardinals. You could tease the Titans down. They're favored by a touchdown against Jacksonville. And then I mentioned the Bucks earlier. They're favored by six and a half. So you could tease them below a point either. So one or two of these picks might lose, but I'm going to be mixing and matching all of them. And I think it's going to be a profitable week uh, just by doing that. There you go. Easy money, folks. Bet the ranch this week. It was Free money. Was Free money. Jared, what you got? I mean, I, I think we all like the over in the um, Atlanta Chargers game, right? It's at 49 and a half right now. I definitely like that. The two primetime games this week, I like the Bills uh, to cover two points at home against the Steelers. going to be the Steelers' fourth game in 18 days. Um, and I, know, I just think the Bills might be a better team right now anyways, and they're at home. Uh, it's less than a field goal, so I like that. And then I like Baltimore 
on the road against Cleveland, uh, Baltimore minus two and a half. I still think they're a better team. And Lamar Jackson's done really well against that Browns defense. So, you know, if he plays well again with Mark Andrews back, um, you know, I, I'm going to bet on him over Baker against that Brown against that Ravens defense. Yeah, as I mentioned before, I like the over in Falcons Chargers as well, even without Julio Jones. The Falcons games have averaged 51.1 points for the season. Their median's a little bit below that, 47 and a half. But Chargers game has been even better. They've averaged 53.9 total points since Justin Herbert got into the lineup, a median of 57. So lots of points usually in Chargers games. That should help the Falcons without Julio Jones there. I think there will be plenty of points in this one. I think it should be a close enough game that both offenses are, are going at it the entire time too. So like the over, like all the fantasy options that we've been talking about from that game this week in DFS. And that's going to do it for this week 14 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, get tournament picks and top stacks from Tyler. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. And then come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in round 14 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse. It's Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShopDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shop saying thanks so much for swimming with us.